Hello and welcome to this evening's Church Unlocked live stream. It's part of our initiative of Christian Concern to really think about how the church can learn from its time during lockdown and to make the most of its freedoms to bring the hope of Christ to our communities. Tonight we're on the topic of going outside, as well as pushing churches and even Christian Concern into using technology and live streams uh, to get into people's homes. The COVID pandemic has also pushed many of us to go outside physically. Many churches have been able to meet uh, outside safely um, to reduce the risks of COVID transmission, uh, while also enabling us to do more of what we'd normally do on Sundays. Uh, but that's not the only way churches have been pushed to go beyond their four walls during the pandemic. What about pastoral support? And perhaps most important of all, uh, are we rediscovering the call to reach people out in the public, uh, on the streets, who for whatever reason uh, don't come into our churches um, or onto our live streams? I'm Paul Huxley, I'm Communications Manager at Christian Concern, and tonight I'm joined by three Christian leaders who have great experience in these areas. Uh, we have Matt Timms from Wavehouse New Key. Welcome, Matt. It's great to be with you, Paul. Looking forward to tonight. Excellent. We have Tunde Bologan um, from Kingsborough Centre. Hello. Hello. Good evening to you all. And we also have Kurt Eriksson from Elios uh, Ministries. Hello, Hi, Kurt. guys. Hi. Hi, Paul. Hi, Matt. Hi, Tunde. <clears throat> well, it's uh, great to have you with us. And if you're watching live, uh, we'd really love you to type in your questions and your comments uh, on these topics, um, which we'll try to get on to our panel. It'd be really great to hear from you if um, your church has been going beyond its four walls. Are you meeting outside? How's that worked? And have you been able to reach out to people uh, in your area with the hope of Christ uh, in some tangible way on the streets, that kind of thing? Well, without further ado, let's do some introductions, uh, some proper introductions. I was going to start with you, Matt. Uh, as some of our viewers will remember you from some previous streams of ours. Can you tell us about your church and uh, how you made waves during the first lockdown uh, last year? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Matt Timms. I'm one of the leaders at Wavehouse Church in Newquay in Cornwall. Um, it's just a phenomenal church. We're one of um, we're one expression of God's church in Newquay. Um, super honoured to um, have last year we we organised some drive-in events, which obviously Christian Concern were, were really instrumental in helping um, to facilitate that moment. And little did we know at that time uh, the impact that was going to have, not just locally, but but nationally as well. That that whole story captured the the national press and made it onto Sky News and they covered the story in BBC World Service and, and we didn't realize how this little old we, we just had a heart really we just heard Jesus um, clearly say to us um, after a 40-day prayer journey um, during the first lockdown that take the church outside so we we, we, we did that we, we explored the whole idea of uh, driving church um, just as, as a way really of bringing the church together to worship God because um, that's what, what the ground of contention was, and to and to have an opportunity to to publicly preach Christ and to be the church really out in in where people are. So yeah, so that's what we did last year. That's great. And as far as we knew at the time, I think we thought you were the 
the first outside church uh, during the lockdown that had, had met in England, as far as we knew at the time. Um, so it was, it was wonderful to support you in that. Um, Kurt, let me come to you now. Um, tell, tell us about your ministry and uh, your involvement in these things. What, what have you been doing during the COVID pandemic and, um, and before that, of course, as well? The Helios Ministries was started back in the 90s, and it's a multifaceted ministry. Um, for many years, we had a church within walls. We have a church without walls. We've had a church that meet, that's been meeting on the streets now since uh, 1994. We're having our 27th anniversary uh, next month. We also work uh, with a, a local surgery through a chaplaincy that I've been doing for almost 20 years now. And during the pandemic, I mean, it's uh, our uh, question was, I mean, uh, how far, I mean, how, do, do we continue to stay on the street? After the initial lockdown last March, we kind of stopped for about, you know, about six weeks or so and really asking God, what is the next what, next phase here? Because we, we do meet on the street and we've been we having services for the last 27 years on the street. And so after praying for about a month around the areas near the Westminster area, uh, area in uh, London, uh, we just felt the we felt the confirmation with the guys in the street, we felt the confirmation from the security people, and we've been on the street since uh, July. We have services, we have uh, feeding, of course, for feeding and, and clothing and, and other things and that we need, uh, the needs on the street. We have preaching, we have communion, we have days out. It is a church, and this is a church that these guys uh, have, and this is, you know, they don't go to, they don't go in, uh, in the church within walls anyway. Many of them don't but they come to the church without walls. My burden over the last year or so is because I, I, I like to uh, get these guys into churches as much as I can, a church within walls, and they, they, they've been closed. So that's been a burden on my heart of trying, trying to get these guys into churches as far as that goes. Um, but right now churches are opening up. We have other churches who have come to uh, who have joined us, other ministries work alongside us. And so we've seen, we've seen some great work in the last... Uh, 12 months, 14 months, uh, staying on the street. Before that, even with the church within walls, the Elios Christian Church, we used to bring that out um, on the street, not on the streets, but in the parks at least once a month uh, throughout all spring and summer and into the autumn anyway. So we're, we're very much in tune of going out um, and having a church outside anyway. It's just a matter of the, the dynamics and keeping it legal, I guess, within the guidelines. That's great to hear. Um, so encouraging. Lots to lots to pick up from you with all of that experience, I'm sure, during the stream. Uh, Tunde, please tell us about Kingsborough Centre. Tell us what you've been doing during the pandemic and beyond. Thank you, Paul. Um, hello, viewers. Um, my name is Tunde, Tunde Balogun. I'm the lead pastor at the Kingsborough Centre in Oxridge. Um, we've been going from um, since 2003. And um, we are a very community-based church. We are so um, very connected with community life. And what we most especially pride ourselves in is how to make all that we learn from the principles and the, and the joy of um, our faith in Christ to be demonstrated in our day-to-day -day lifestyle and engaging with people around, around our communities, in our streets, and in our neighborhood. And the, the pandemic um, created a great opportunity for us to even do that because we knew that um, when the pandemic started, there was a great need that arose. Um, of course, um, community life was more or less paralyzed. Um, Kingsborough Center has 
Um, of course, the church itself, what we call the Kingsborough Church, and then we have um, the the coat of many colors nursery, um, two set of nursery um, with branches that that started off in 2007 from the scratch and has grown to become um, one of the biggest nurseries in the borough. Um, we we cater for I mean, for children from um, 18 months from in three months actually from three months up to five years um, school age. And we do that. And then also we, we are the church that started off the first food bank in London in 2009 um, when the first food bank was launched in the city of London. And then um, we've been going on all these services that we provided became essential services during the lockdown. And it created a big avenue of continue to express the love of God and give out the love and the affection of Jesus to the people of our community. And in fact, that actually got noticed by the local council who came to the church and asked us to take over the food distribution policy for the borough all across through the time of the lockdown. And the, we had a major, a major um, gap for us to fill in. And thankfully, we had volunteers who sprang up from everywhere to support us and to ensure that all through the pandemic, in the period of 12 months, we were able to give out 60,000 packs of food in to single people, couples, and families all across the borough. And we, we're excited that, that that went a long way to support the people of our community. And we're still doing that um, increasingly, even till now. <clears throat> That's terrific to hear, isn't it? Um, seeing churches, all, all of your churches, reaching out to the community in these ways and really meeting those needs uh, that are there. Um, I'd like to talk, uh, I'd like us to talk a little bit about Sunday services and going outside with those. Obviously, Kurt, you've had lots of experience in doing this in the past. Um, what would you say is the different, uh, the biggest difference about doing church outside uh, compared to kind of church within walls? Uh, that's a very good question. Because, I mean, I think there's a rawness when you go outside, obviously. Um, there's an unexpectancy as well. You, almost every, um, we, we go out on Saturday mornings and also Sunday mornings too. We have two church floor walls, basically, we do Saturday and Sunday. And, um, yeah, I mean, like every, every time we go out is different because there's these intangible things that happen. I mean, God is always there. We have the same format in a sense. We have a feeding, um, we have tea and coffee and stuff. We have sleeping bags and clothes and stuff. And then we stop um, all you know, the, 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 the physical service, as it were, have a song service. We start to praise the Lord right there. And then we have preaching every single time we do. Um, when, when, when the Spirit moves, altar calls, we have prayer times, deep prayer times. And the difference, I think, is, is the clientele. I mean, especially down in Westminster, is right by the um, train stations. So the flock is very uh, um, fluid. You might say it's it's a very tangent fl uh, flock. It, people blow in and blow out all the time. So I may work with somebody for a long time, for maybe about two or three months, and then they're off for like three or four years, and they come back to their church, and they know this is their church. They don't go, you know, to any church within walls. They know they have a church in in West London they can come into, and and they come back. It's great to see these guys who come back three four years afterwards. Um, but again, we, we, there's a normalcy with it as well. There's a, a continuity. People know really what to expect. They expect um, the love of Christ. They expect us to have uh, the, the compassionate hand of God. And again, I, I tell them every single week, though, that this is not a free deli service. This is not just, just sandwiches and just sleeping bags. 
this is the gospel this is the gospel of jesus christ we're not social workers we're not psychiatrists you know we are we're spiritual workers in that sense we're ministers of the gospel and we come to you in this way and again we've been praising the lord there with uh, and then we have midweek bible studies and especially with the lockdown zoom we've used wonderfully uh, zoom has been a wonderful tool for us especially for these guys in the street who are now locked into certain ho um, hotels and hospitals and not hospitals um, hotels and bnbs and stuff and um yes we've been using that but uh, uh the difference is that again christ is there so the walls do not make a difference to me actually i'd preach the same in inside or outside and i'll treat those coming into the church the same inside or outside inside you may have a much more of a staid congregation um outside like i said there's a, there's a tangible element that you know the regular i guess christians are there believers are there but you have people who come in that, that you just don't know it's wonderful to see whom god has prepared and they come into and they see they hear the music or maybe it's the food maybe it's the sleeping bags or maybe it's just the, the crowd draws people to them that, that you wouldn't get inside the church and so there's a difference you're getting people that you know are drawn into the message and some may heckle and some may do that that's fine too because i can you know i can handle the stuff and it's good sometimes because that stirs things up you know where people are at and then you can start ministering to them on different needs you'd find out exactly where they're at at the time so when in the church within you you wouldn't have that um i think it, it tends to be more evangelistic as well it has to be because you're outside uh the messages you know is not just being heard by those who believe uh, but also those who are interested in even those who are even um, antagonistic and so and by any chance did, um you 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 meet outside westminster cathedral which a, a couple of sundays ago was where where mr mr johnson our prime minister got married did you happen to get to preach the gospel to him there no unfortunately we, we go there early in the morning and we leave around about no later than 8 39 o'clock so we're there like from seven o'clock or a little before seven uh, but if, if I knew he was coming, matter of fact, I think one, one team member knew and he told us afterwards, but maybe it would have stuck around. And, you know. <laughs> um, Matt, you, you obviously uh, possibly a bit newer to the game of outdoor services, but um, we're able to put some things together and you even had songs of praise turn up. Did you find, uh, did you find the same things? Did you find opportunities for evangelism in particular, people turning up who might not have otherwise? Yeah, so um, obviously with the, with the two drive-ins that we did, we had uh, crazy little stories where obviously our context is not is not Westminster we're we're a little surf beach town in in, in Cornwall and so we've got you know a, bu a bunch of surf guys we had one story of you know we set up for the first drive-in and this guy w w picked up his surfboard heard this music uh, and went, went to check the surf as he normally did and he walked through the car park and we had this massive screen set up in the car park with uh, this surf movie this Christian surfer Bethany Hamilton who got her arm bitten off by a shark that was playing on the screen and that grabbed his, his attention and he was like oh and he, and he realized that he was he was in church but you know he wasn't in church but he was in church <laughs> so it was this little glorious moment and then he posted something on on facebook the other day and we connected up with him and um you know managed to pray with him and give him some stuff to send him his way he's gone off now to be in the navy somewhere but um yeah that's what one 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 story and then um, after the sort of driving thing, we, we have done a number of um, sort of outdoor worship events outside the front of our um, of our building. So our, our building in Newquay is like smack bang in the middle of the of the town, 
and um, it's a glorious location and it's got this little outside bit. And so we just moved a lot of the sort of worship stuff outside. And it's really in interesting, actually, the dynamics. Um, as soon as you start moving, particularly worship, worshiping mm -hmm. God outside, I'm telling you, requires just a, a new level of sacrifice and, and a new level of sort of dying to self. You know, you cannot, you know, you can't hold back. You're, you're either all in or nothing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and we were, were actually privileged enough to journey with um, um, a group called Worshipping Friends here in Cornwall who um, have been journeying with us in our, in our house of prayer and worship. And so we just literally took what they were doing out and did that um, out on the streets. And just crazy little stories. So we had this surf instructor that was going off to, to, to work and he was driving past and, and just suddenly felt something inside of him just wanting to pull over. And he stood there on the side just with his, with his arms folded, like, you know, what's going on here? And, you, you, you know, you're looking around and you can see that God's, God's working in his heart and, um, and he's, getting draw, he's getting drawn in and he's getting drawn in. And then, like, you know, people are walking up to him. So basically we set up these worshippers and their, their primary focus was to minister to the heart of God. You know, we didn't want them to get involved in evangelism or, or praying for anybody else on the streets. And then around them, we had a bunch of like evangelists that would then be kind of ministering to people uh, on the streets as they were walking past and just explaining to people what was going on, what were these crazy people doing? And, and you know, we had all sorts of responses from that, from people that were really, you know, joy-filled and welcomed it and had lots of questions to, you know, li literally we had a bunch of Satanists that walked past and they were, they were cursing us. And, but yeah, you know, a, a bit like Kurt, we were just like, you know, praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so we carried on. And, and anyway, this guy, this surf guy, you know, he really was intrigued and we followed up with, with him and, and we, you know, invited him back around to one of our mission communities and just said, you know, how did you find that? You know, what was God doing in your heart? And he just said, you know, it was, it was, the love and the sort of, I was just feeling something that I've never really felt before. And obviously we were able to explain to him that, that that was Jesus. And um, he said, it was a moment though, where I thought the songs are going to end in a moment, aren't they? He goes, but then I realized the songs just, they didn't end. It was just, it was just continuous worship for two hours, nonstop. We just worship God. And yeah, so it's, it's been a, a bit of a learning curve for us. And then this Sunday we actually, because the weather was glorious, um, and we couldn't use our building. So we actually thought, OK, uh, let's go and do church by the beach. So we were this Sunday, we, we rocked it out down by the beach um, with our new bus project, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about in a moment or two. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much for that. Um, I just want to get to a few comments. Thank you so much uh, to all of you who are putting in comments. Um, Catherine Susan Hortense uh, has said uh, evangelism is key for this time have joined a network to do street evangelism, people from different ministries coming together to evangelize. Uh, that's great to hear mm -hmm. the Christian uh, body talking to another, uh, ministering together. That's wonderful to hear. Um, uh, let me look at one others. The Hor Horizontal Coalition on YouTube says, without walls for me, I need to be around non-religious Christians who live in the spirit. I've al always found church to be a place to be judged. I'd love to could, would someone like to respond to that? Tunde, would you like to respond to uh, what the Horizontal Coalition has said there on YouTube? What do you think about that? Well, I, I think um, one of the things that church does for, for us, and particularly during the, during the pandemic, was that it creates dynamic opportunities where we are able to try what we haven't tried before, do things that we haven't had the nerve to do in the past. And then also we're able to be more or less 
um, break down all the things that we used to see as do's and don'ts within the church because the pandemic made everything go back to the drawing board anyway. So, so I thought, I mean, I, I think the, the, the time of the pandemic was a great opportunity for, for churches and all of us, especially to experience church in a so different way, in a way that we can be recrafted, we can be re, I mean, redesigned in a way that we can love God so much so in a different way, but still experience the power of God in our lives. I mean, for us at Kingsborough during the time of the pandemic, one of the things that we did was that we, we experienced the fact that the gathering and the physical gathering of people was, was impacted greatly. So people were sent back into the homes to become pastors for their homes, pastors for their neighborhood, pastors for their streets. And there are people who said for us, that was the time, the first time they will have the great chance to read the Bible, study the Bible with their children, day to day, day in, day out, week in, week out, monthly, um, for such a long time, so much so that they were able to reclaim the heart of their children who before then has been so given away to um, so many things that they could not control. So it was a great opportunity for the priesthood of God to be reclaimed back into the homes, into the streets, and into the communities that we all live in. That's an excellent point. Lots of us um, reevaluating uh, in society our, our lives and, and our priorities, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. Jessica Rose here on uh, YouTube also has a comment. Praising God outside, looking at his marvellous creation is wonderful. I often go outside and praise Jesus, and it draws people who need to hear the, go the gospel to me. That's wonderful to hear, Jessica. Um, I'd like to just ask one more question, I guess, to all of you about, um, about Sunday services. Uh, and worship services in general um, as they've been outside um, and that is um, why do we think that outside is different is there is there anything in what she just said there um, about the creation being around us um, that changes the sort of dynamic of how we um, how we relate together um, and would you encourage uh, churches to continue to meet outside um, at all once COVID is over um, let's come to you first Kurt well, yeah, I would uh, just to address that one thing about the judgment thing that, that the horizontal correlation said. You know, if, if you if you have, if you have a judgmental spirit inside, you'll have a judgmental spirit outside. That the building doesn't make you judgmental. I've been a Christian over 38 years now, and mo and every church I've been to have been has been a loving community. With yeah, you have people who come in to get judgmental and whatever, and you know that's that's whatever. And you can pinpoint certain people. But whether they're in church or out of church, the building doesn't make somebody judgmental or not. So I would encourage those in the horizontal coalition that, you know, they could come in, you know, outside, but also go inside too. And, you know, if you seek God, you will find him. And, you know, as far as that goes. Um, would, would, I, would I encourage um, the churches to go outside? I believe what the question was. And um, I, I would say yes. I mean, I've been doing this for many, many years. And in fact, even in the winter, we've done this. Sometimes we've had uh, a, a a Christmas service. As a matter of fact, it was one Christmas service, and we had such a beautiful anointed time just singing the carols and just singing uh, praises to Christ at his incarnation. We actually went out in front of the building. I mean, it was, it was in December, and we just began to praise. And uh, I believe, and I, I agree with what Matt was saying, you know, the praise breaks up things, especially the preaching too. I've noticed a difference week after week. I mean, every single week that we've gone out for all these 27 years, after the preaching of the word, there's a different dynamic on the street. Come on. And, People are open and they're drawn in. 
Um, so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and and, and something breaks up. Uh, sometimes the arguments that they had are quenched. Sometimes it stirs more questions, and sometimes even more arguments. Sometimes there's a you know, bit of a more thing. But the praise and public praise, the public reading of the word, of course, we see that in Ezra and other places. It's just a wonderful discipline that church has lost, I think, just to go out and publicly read the word, publicly go out and praise. And it does draw people in. And, and it's... Um, and I, th I think it's also good, uh, you know, again, whether you're surrounded by nature or not. Again, I've been had some wonderful services inside as well. Um, again, to me, the building doesn't make the difference in that sense. As far as worshiping God, loving God, you know, it, it is a hard issue. I can worship God inside. I can worship God outside. I love going outside. Um, again, I, I've been doing this for, was actually in London since the early 90s, but even before then in New York City since 1986. So almost 35 years I've been going out in the streets and not just evangelizing, which I've been doing, of course, but, but ha having services and praising him and, and having prayer times and preaching. And not just street preaching evangelistically, but preaching to the body. So it's like discipleship preaching. It's just teaching on the street as well. And, you know, people are hungry for the word. People are hungry for the truth. And when you go out there with the truth, it will draw people in, like, like, like moths to light. It will draw people in. Absolutely. Um, Tunde, let's ask you those questions. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I, 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 I will tell the, 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 same, the same line with cuts in the sense that we've got to have the mixture of these. I mean, even without the pandemic, over the years, we always will have at least twice a year, we will have what we call party in the park, where we will take the church into the park, into an open area and do a service a proper full service full of singing, uh, dancing, celebrating, and then we have a barbecue afterwards. People don't end up going home for a long time, even on those days. So, so the pandemic just gave us a chance to know that that could be part of our day-to-day, -day, monthly, perhaps we've been doing it two, twice a year, maybe it's now to do it once a month in that sense, so that we can draw more people. So it's, it's got to be a part of what we, we, we look at and encourage communities to do. We don't have to do it on the Sunday. It could be any day, it could be any time. And it doesn't matter, the weather doesn't matter actually, because that is not material. It is the presence of God. And the Bible says, where two or three people are gathered, wheresoever it is, two or three people are gathered, I will be there with them. Absolutely, uh, even, even here virtually. Um, uh, Thanks again for many more comments. It's great to hear back from the Horizontal Coalition, um, who's uh, loving what the surfer is doing. Let's go to the surfer now, Matt. Um, <laughs> uh, tell us your thoughts. I, I, um, I, I think the church needs to be getting out as much as they can. I think Paul said, you know, I went, I didn't, uh, I didn't stop teaching from from house to house and publicly. And I think those two things are, are really important dynamics. They're vehicles that. Uh, we can use to, you know, for the gospel to go forth. I think um, public get, getting out there publicly um, and and demonstrating. I think, you know, Paul, Paul also said, I didn't just come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Uh, and I'm longing for those days when um, we we see the, a mighty move of God just from people coming together and pressing in. In worship, there's something, there's a, a powerful dynamic that happens in the spirit realm. You know, I think, I think it's all to do with that kind of corporate 
uh, anointing that rests upon a group of believers that when they come together, um, you know, in, in Acts 1 verse 14, we see that they were all together in the, pr- in the prayer room, you know, and, and they were praying in the spirit. And of course, the spirit then came upon the church. Uh, and, and, and when that anointing fell upon it, when the spirit fell upon the church, the church, Peter then got up, you know, out of the prayer room, out of the pri- private, very much into the public. And, and, and I think we're living in those days where, you know, these, these, where the end time church has to be walking in that same anointing, that same power mm-hmm. that the early church did. And I'm, I'm longing to see that. I'm hungry for that. And I, I believe there's a generation that are rising up now that are just, they're hungry for God. They're hungry for the presence. And they're just so desperate to see God do what only God, God can do. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not social services. Uh, like my brother says, we, we are the ecclesia, God's governmental people upon the earth. And we are people of hope. We're people that, uh, that carry the presence of God wherever we go. So wherever we come together, man, let's do that in the streets. Let's do that from house to house. Let's do that in building. Let's do it anywhere. But let's burn for Jesus. Like, let's just go for him. Uh, and go for his presence. And, and, and I believe he's going to do great things in and through his, his church in this next season. Well, and, um, uh, God's people in the Old Testament, uh, in Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah 12, 43 says, And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound in re- of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. Um, and I think that's a great verse to go to when we're thinking about outside church and thinking about how are people going to hear us. Um, in we had our first, yes, we had our first church service at my my church uh, on Christmas Eve. We had a carol service. We, we had two carol services because there was lots of demand, and we only had a small car park um, out in the freezing cold. I was out there for hours. It was freezing, but it was such a joy. And like um, like others, to be singing carols uh, together for the first time in such a long time it was it was really wonderful um i want to share a couple of comments we've had um by email um that back some of this up adrian elms pastor of darrant valley community church he says this uh, last summer we took the decision to go open air and moved our services into Ainsby castle this proved very popular and people traveled considerable distances to join us the castle itself remained open as a historic monument so people were still wandering in and stumbled on our service mm-hmm. We were also joined by many local non-church folk who wanted fellowship. I have to say that it also helped to strip religious connotations to focus on what is important. As a result, we saw salvation and several new people join the fellowship. We also adopted an open mic to uh, allow many to share. Um, And he goes on to say, "We're, we're taking our faith into the marketplace where it needs to be. Matthew 28 and the Great Commission tells us to go, not to sit in our Great. Um, So very much echoing much of what you said just there uh, it gets the thumbs up from matt tims um let's go on to another aspect of being outside and um when lockdowns were more prohibitive and stopping us from meeting um many of us were limited to meeting people outdoors uh, perhaps in the context of exercise so um did you did any of you have experiences of doing this and did you find anything different about meeting people outside going for a walk that kind of thing was there anything different in in pastoring in that situation um who wants to go first let's go to Kurt again um well quite honestly I've been doing this for many years so no I don't find it strange at all in fact we used to I used to have this, this van at one time a, a people carrier and the middle seats I could switch around so I'd pull up on the side of the, of the curb and I'd do my counseling 
that, that, that was my office on wheels. And I used to just pull up and uh, sometimes, again, if you know London, it'd be like near the Temple Tube stop or near Victoria or other places. And there were set places that I told the, the guys I'd meet. So they wouldn't have to come to my office. We'd just go stay outside on the curb. And um, again, I've counseled on, on the curbs. I've counseled on park benches um, quite a few times in the fact that I've been doing that for years. And um, yeah, again, it's... It, for some people, as a matter of fact, even, even as a chaplain, I work as a chaplain at a local surgery, and we haven't been allowed to have the uh, patients come in. And so I've been doing my counseling outside. So we sit on the bench, we're six feet apart, and so we can talk. And people have found that so refreshing. And they, they, you know, they, they, they know that they're not allowed in the building, but the, the chaplain's willing to go out outside and sit on the bench with them. And I said, yeah, it's, it's fine. And plus, it, it, I think it helps having some movement around as well. So, you know, there's time, there's a space to think. You can, you can, you know, they can look at other, somebody just look at somebody else for, for a second or whatever, or a minute and, and contemplate something more than just being in some office of a pastor or something going up outside. And this is London. People talk to themselves all the time. People could care less what you think. So people are very, very candid sitting on that park bench, knowing that nobody's listening to them anyway. And except this chaplain or this pastor is very much interested in what they're saying. And it's very inviting to people. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, I think outside is, a, you know, as long as you have, you know, a, a very um, quiet place to talk. I mean, some of those coffee shops are, are a bit more difficult, even though I've done that too, on different levels of counseling and talking to people. And sometimes it's not as intimate um, or the, the, the topic is not as sensitive and we can talk about other things at a coffee shop or much more intense things. We go to a park, maybe a, a bench or something. And I find it very, very conducive. Um, yeah, and sometimes even in the back of my van, and the guys are fine with that. Tim Day, um, do you do you share those experiences? Yes, we did. I mean, if for us, I think the area of prayer became um, an an area that we encourage more people to get involved in prayer walking while they they, they do their exercises, taking a walk, um, having a jog around the the neighborhood. And we encourage them if they want to do it alone. I mean, I myself, I was able to get more regimental with my um, my early morning walk and also prayer walking. And uh, we got um, a manual resource that we encourage people to follow, a man with Jesus, where we encourage people to know how to pray in their neighborhood as a walk, as a jog, um, for important key places, um, even for homes, things, things that are going on behind the letter boxes, um, pray for homes, people that you never know, but you can be led to pray for specific things in those neighborhoods. So, so all these areas, we were able to encourage people. We also did something that was very interesting that became like a fun within the, within the church where we, we, we just picked somebody who had never led prayer, who had never led anything in the church, just someone with, within the floor house of the church to record a prayer for the day and then we post it around to all members of the church that that is like the pastor for today praying for us. And people were wondering who is going to be picked for tomorrow, who's going to be picked for the next day, and they pray. And it became fun. People dressed up for it. People pray in a way that we haven't seen ourselves physically for a long time. So, But when they see the person that was next, oh, yeah, this is this how I've been doing my own. And, I mean, this is what I've been doing. And this is what I look like in the past three, four months. That you haven't seen me, and people joyfully send messages to one another. Oh, I love your prayer. Thank you for that prayer, and all those things. So, fellowship was intensified, 
and then we encourage people to actually pastor one another, um, either mm -hmm. in-house or, of course, um, virtually, or when they go outside to pray together um, on the street. Thanks for that. Yeah, prayer walks, um, what a wonderful thing to be mm -hmm. doing in any case. Uh, um, but obviously a, a great opportunity to to minister to minister together to grow grow together during during this time matt um i could imagine going for a walk down next to the beach with you um <laughs> how many of those kinds of tips did you have um and how, how did you find them yeah quite a few actually um yeah i just i love you know jesus obviously said you know go into the world make all disciples of all nations and actually, the, I think the, the correct uh, translation is, is literally as you go. So as you go about your day-to-day -day life, you know, make disciples. And so, you know, that's always been part of our heart is that we would, you know, as if I'm wandering down to the beach for a surf, you know, I'll, I'll use that as an opportunity as it for a disciple-making moment where I'll, you know, grab somebody, grab a, a younger guy who would maybe discipling and say, hey, do you want to come, come for a surf? And, and it's just an opportunity then just to chat. And particularly guys, they, they like they like to be doing stuff uh, to have those kind of conversations. Um, and surfing is a great way of kind of drawing drawing alongside each other. So we did that. We I mean we had we had people also doing lots of prayer walks. We used resources like this, which is was an amazing resource. Keep blessing your community. Uh, a forty day guide to changing the spiritual atmosphere of your village, town, and city. We so we had we did that corporately all together on Zoom. Uh, and then also um, some of our missional communities would, would then do that in twos and threes. We'd go out, walk, walking around streets, blessing, uh, praying blessings over their uh, streets, their neighbours, and then looking for people of peace in their community. So actually using prayer walks, not just to kind of, well, yeah, for the up, for the connection with God and for nurturing and growing and, and, and pastoring one another, but also with that in very much intentionality around looking for people that are open for, for, for prayer in the streets. Hey, look, you know, can we pray for you? Uh, we've done. I did it, uh, you know, a couple of times where I'd be praying with one of our, we would pray with one of our interns, and we would just then feel prompted just to go out on the streets and to and to go on a prayer walk, and then we'd say, okay, Holy Spirit, is there anyone that you want us to pray for? And we'd see somebody coming out of the surf, and you know, they're hobbling a little bit, walk up to them, come, or offer to pray for them. So, you know, and, and all of that is just is, is creating that discipling culture. Um, in, in churches that, you know, that it's, it's not just about, you know, a Sunday meeting or whatever, but it's actually as you go about your day-to-day -day lives uh, in a pandemic or not, but let's just go and make disciples. Let's be a disciple and make disciples mm -hmm. of Jesus. Uh, yeah, so that's what we've been doing. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, I think it's really interesting that all three of you have, um, have praised the value of outdoors ministry in terms of getting alongside people and praying and these, these sorts of things. And I've also mentioned the, the benefits of Zoom and technology, which is quite different. Um, but it's, it's clear that both have um, have a real part to play in the way that we work together as, as a church. I want to go to a comment from Georgie Pender on Facebook, uh, who says, we had a small group going out daily in the early morning in our local time, at local town, class meeting two times a week, praying, praising in gardens, churchyards. Mm -hmm. Again, great to hear. We love it. Um, thanks very much for your comment. Please do get your questions in. If you do have any for uh, for Matt and Tunde, we'd love to, to put them uh, to them. Uh, but we're going to move on to uh, working on the streets and outreach um, in particular. Um, one thing that frustrated many of us during the pandemic has been um, where the church doors have been locked to keep people out. 
uh, for example, restrictions on gathered worship. But we can also sometimes think of uh, the church um, as a group that just meets together on Sunday in its own little holy huddle and fails to to go out and to um, to be for the benefit of people outside those four walls. Um, so I want to think about how, um, and, and in the COVID pandemic, in a sense, it could have been very easy for us all to be very insular and stay in our own little huddles and, and be only concerned about us. And yet, I know so many stories of churches, uh, we've already heard some, um, taking care of their communities during this time. Uh, so I want to go into onto that as a topic. Let's go to you, Tunde, because you've you shared with us some of some of your work um, in meeting those needs. Uh, have you noticed the needs of people in the community change at all during the pandemic? Um, what have your um, reflections been on that? Oh, most definitely. I mean, during the pandemic, we saw a lot of people who normally um, and easily will have been able to afford. Um, able to eat, able to afford what they need to buy. But because they are on lockdown, every one of us was on lockdown. And people were not, I mean, people were not able to go to the shops because perhaps they they they, they were isolating or they were they 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 are they have um one illness or the other and they have COVID or whatever it is and they are not able to go out uh, by themselves or to go to the shop. Um, so such people, the numbers of them increased rapidly um, during the pandemic. By April 2020, we were serving four times the people we were serving in January. And that made the numbers and the needs to skyrocket. So, so we, we had a, a, a major um, situation in our hands. To make it worse, um, in the first week of the lockdown, um, most of our volunteers who um unfortunately for us before the lockdown were 70 years above um they had to be asked to stay away so within three days we lost 90 percent of our volunteers and then we we were looking for what do we do but thankfully we put a news out there and we found wonderful joyful people who came from everywhere, people who have lost their job, people who have been made redundant, people who have been fired, who came to say, let's go and let's go and give a helping hand to the community. We, we were able to raise quite a number of volunteers around that time to service people. In fact, we're not able to let people come in for physical attention. We, we now deliver the food. So we had a lot of drivers who brought their cars, who just came to do delivery. So Every day we're delivering food to addresses of people who needed it, who could not go out, and the need was enormous. And we are so thankful. Companies send their staff buses to come and carry the food and deliver to houses, to addresses. And we're so thankful that all these needs and rallying around happened during the pandemic and we're able to be a time of succor for people. Let's just underline that again. To, to, to remind us of what God can do. Four <laughs> times the need, 90% of the people disappear, and yet yep. God provides. Um, just wonderful to hear. Kurt, is that similar to what you've experienced? Absolutely. I think the church has, has really shown during this time. I mean, there's a real shining element. I mean, the government has helped with some of the packages of food and checks and things, but you can't put an arm around a government check. Uh, a government food package doesn't talk to you, doesn't listen to you. 
Um, I'm very blessed by just the workers that I work with for the Church Love Walls, and they've been so good going to even the B&Bs that these guys are in, the hostels, and even the workers, some of the workers, especially the elderly who, who don't have access to internet. I mean, we, we had Zoom meetings, we had times of encouragement. I, I've met with people, with quite a few people, elderly especially, who, who didn't have internet, so they, have, they don't have any Zoom, they have no church meetings. Uh, the only way that we can contact them is by phone, landlines mostly, um, and we, we, go, we just go over there and stand at the door, maybe just the distancing, but bring bring some bring the, the tender, loving care physically, uh, pray for them at the door, bring them the food, bring them comfort. Um, you know, going going to the shut-ins, going to the hostels, going to the B and Bs, um, the elderly especially the level of loneliness and isolation was so intense, especially some of the guys that we meet on the street. Some of them are addicts and maybe ex-addicts and so, so some were clean for months, but then being forced into these hostels or B&Bs, the loneliness that was there and everything else, the, the, the back of the bottle, some of them, unfortunately, never working with them again, and that's fine. We still love them and um, they know that we're still here. Um, and some of them haven't, haven't used in a while and they're coming out like a forced detox. It's very dangerous now that they're coming out. Some, some of the downside and they're using and some, you know, just we've had two ODs um, in a Westminster uh, church uh, for guys coming out from being locked in and now, now starting to come out a little bit. And so there's, there's other dynamics to dealing with the two and meeting these people where they're at um, even post pandemic and post lock-in. Is, is, is a real challenge, dealing with the isolation again, the, the addictions again. And, um, but the workers that we have are just superb that, you know, I, you know, I think John Wesley said, I can you know, give me a hundred men who fear nothing but God and I could turn the whole world around. Uh, you know, I would have less people on my team who are a hundred percent committed than maybe a church of a hundred people that have maybe, you know, 10% committed or something. Again, I'm not throwing numbers out, but you know, the, the team that God has brought around Elias Ministries and Church Law Walls, not only in Westminster, but also in Ilford, has been phenomenal. And the selflessness, just going and serving and all hours a day during Christmas time, during other other times, and uh, just spending time with people. And that's what, you know, that's that's something that the government cannot give the people. They cannot give them their time. They cannot give them the, the, the hands of mercy. They cannot give them the ear, the listening ear. And that's where the church has been shining in this time. So that I've, I've, I've witnessed that you know, the church has risen up to the challenge of being there, being the voice of God, being the hands of God, being the listening ear of God to people who are crying out and being a shoulder. Like now things are loosened up a little bit, being a shoulder so people can cry on and talk to and, and being there. And I'm just I'm blessed to be part of such a team that um, I work with. It, it really is humbling. That's wonderful to hear the um, the social action and the word, the word ministry both coming mm -hmm. together and, and working working together. Um, sometimes we so easily separate those or think that one is in, one can be done without the other. But it's it's just mm -hmm. glorious to hear um, how that happens in your case, um, Matt. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I just, I need, I just, we're, we have an amazing church family here. So two of our missional communities really responded to the need that they saw around them. And I guess um, the need that we had in Newquay have always been reflected in, you know, a couple of the other guys here, what they've said. Um, but we had um, one missional community called the Storehouse, uh, which is a, uh, they're seeking to be a multi-agency hub in the middle of Newquay, where they pull together all these agencies to work together. 
And there are a bunch of Christians that are, are just kind of, well, obviously before the pandemic opened the, the, the doors to this and had them all working together. During the, the first lockdown, we just, we literally installed this community kitchen. And during the, the lockdown, um, from that kitchen, we obviously got a load of chefs in there and different organizations, chefs that are furloughed, that were, were working in hospitality here in Newquay. And I think they were churning out something like a thousand meals a week to people in need in the local community. So people that were isolating and lonely. And again, we had delivery drivers, the local church, the that mission community really responded and rose beautifully to that challenge of going to meet people where they're at, delivering people, offering prayer on the doorstep, giving them leaflets with scriptures and Psalm 91 to read over themselves each day. So, yeah, and it was just wonderful to see. So that was a storehouse one. And then we have, we've got another missional community called Young at Heart. And their sort of missional focus, if you like, is to be Jesus, to be good news to um, the care homes. And they, they're actually, before lockdown, we were in about nine different care homes in the local area. Um, and obviously during the lockdown, they weren't able to go into the care homes. But what they did instead was they made contact with the care home manager says look hey look we still want to be a blessing to the people here so they made bags uh, at easter and christmas and dropped them off to the residents but then they also had these ipads and each week they would go around and um, they would go into the, their, their room via their ipads and they would sit there with um to, the, to these old people and, and they just worship uh, and they would pray over them and, and, and just share the love of Jesus via Zoom. And this was for some of those uh, old people. This was the only contact that they were getting a week. Well, just we were reflecting with one of the leaders of this ministry last week. And he was saying to us of all of the care homes that they've been going in. And they, they, they've worked out they've got you know, contact with about 200 people um, a week. Um, not one of their elderly people that they were ministering to uh, and praying over, not one of them. Uh, have died from COVID, not, not one. And all of the care workers that work in the home that were touched by God, by these guys going in there, they were obviously listening uh, as well. Um, so they reckon that it was down to the prayers of the, of the church that made the difference in their care homes. Isn't that amazing? Just a great good news story of the church responding to the need. That, that's wonderful. So like all three of you, are so active in in making sure these things happening and they and, and your attitude is not gosh there's a big problem um we can never do anything about it um you're all people who've stepped up and i find that um, myself so encouraging to see tunde did you want to say something yeah I, I just want to i mean add add something very little um th this is to actually recognize and, and actually celebrate um one, one of the young guys in our church who happened to be my son uh, my second son during the pandemic, he he, he found out he has studied um, he, he has studied um, cyber security, and then during the pandemic, of course, I mean we're old. I mean he was doing some work um, to support the church to make sure that we were online and all that. But he found out that there are some old folks who do not who will have been cut off from everything, uh, no iPad, no computer, no how to be to be reached, and he volunteered to go to them and give them coaching and sign them up on to be able to connect to the church activities, connect to their families, be able to call people who they know, get them on their iPad, get them on their computers. And he done that for a number of elderly people. I want to just say, I appreciate you, Joash, for all that you do and pray that God bless you. Amen. <laughs> um, 
I really want to hear from you. Um, you know, if I'm a Christian or a church leader who does see this need around me um, and there's no existing ministry serving the needs of uh, the homeless or uh, people who need food or other, other forms of ministry that you've mentioned, um, what would you say to me um, to make me feel equipped or empowered? You know, what, what should I do? How, how should I go, go about things? Um, give me like um, a minute or two each uh, in terms of what would you say to me? How would you encourage me? Um, Kurt, let's start with you. Well, I mean, that's, again, depends on the situation with a particular pastor, but I mean, generally speaking, I mean, you start with prayer. The burden is there. The burden is there. I think that's the first step anyway, uh, to have a heart for the poor and uh, the heart to go out, the heart, as you know, Matt was saying, going out and you know, going out and, and preaching and going out and doing it. So that, that's almost half the battle, the, the will to do it. Um, again, the, the scenario that you, you brought forth, uh, Paul, was that there's, there's no one around that would, that would do it. And um, then again, just pray, pray that, you know, first of all, look, look at areas of need that, you know, um, and, and just go there. Matter of fact, we, we came out of the pandemic um, in the midst of the pandemic and being kind of off the street for the first two months with the first lockdown in March. But in June, I really felt God wants me to get out there. And so I wanted to be within the guidelines. I wanted to be, but I just went to Westminster again and without planning to minister at all, to just pray. I pray in the area, I think, uh, Tony mentioned and Matt mentioned for prayer walking stuff, and, but just going there and pray and getting God's heart for it. Um, also pray for other workers, pray for like-minded people. He's not alone. I think it's that Old, Old Testament scripture verse that told that prophet, you're not the only prophet here, and you speak for many people in the city. I actually, he said to Paul, there are others of like-minded people, and just pray that God would bring around people. You only need like you know, one or two other ones and just go. And I'll just, you know, um, the scenario said there's no one around, but I'm sure there's somebody. Be around like-minded people. You know, if, 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 if you don't have the resources or you don't feel that you know what to do so much, find people who do, maybe in the, in the neighboring town. I'm sure God is doing something somewhere in your vicinity. Find out what God is doing around your neighborhood. And, you know, again, I, I don't follow the, the, the theology of Ted Turner by CNN by any means, but he used to have something on his desk. Uh, you know, either the lead, follow, or get out of the way. And I'm not saying that within the body of Christ, get out of the way, but the fact of the matter is, if you're not doing it, find somebody who is and help them and be part of it. And then the vision comes to you. Matter of fact, our church without walls in Ilford started by a beautiful um, husband and wife team and others coming and working with us in Westminster, catching their burden and then starting a like ministry out in Ilford, but learning, but just being a part of it. And again, I would, I would encourage the pastor listening now, perhaps, that you have the burden. You are not alone. There are people who are doing things around your neighborhood, around maybe the, around the, the, the towns that you're with. Find out what God is doing and be part of it and just kind of join that. And I tell you, especially pastors, people follow pastors. If the pastor's not doing it, the congregation's not going to do it, friends, believe me. You may have one or two that have that burden, but I, I think it was Tunde who mentioned the pastors on the street. Again, it's, it's, it is a spiritual thing. When, when the guys in the street realize that I'm a pastor and, and they say, you're a pastor and you're here, it does do something. It's not, it's not the pastor itself, but the, there is a spiritual authority. And there is, you know, God draws people in. And I would just encourage every pastor to, to have this burden and to, and because people will follow you. Because people really want to go out and do this. And they will follow you. That's so much useful stuff there. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Tunde, would you like to add to that? 
Yes, I'd um, like to do that. I mean, one of the most important things to recognize is we, we all see need every day. We see need. However, most of the need that we see, most of us come to the conclusion that somebody else was going to do it or somebody else would do it. So we don't more or less select ourselves to be responsible for it. And what I would say is, just like he said, um, lead, follow, or get out of the way. Most of the time, what we find out that if you can catch a burden for it and commit to the fact that I would like to do this, Habakkuk tell us to write down the vision and make it plain. If you see it, that means you are able to get something done about it. And once you commit to the fact that I want to do something about it, then put it out there to say, I have seen this need. I want to do something about it. I'm going to be doing it from tomorrow. I can tell you when you get there tomorrow, you'll find three, three, four people, five people who have come, who heard you, and who have come to come and join hands with you. There are lots of people out there who wants to do something, but many of them mm -hmm. can't see. But if you can see it, that means you are the lead person that will make them to see and if you invite them, they will join hands with you. And who knows, you will get it done, even without lifting a finger. Absolutely. And God will provide. Amen. <laughs> As we've seen many times, absolutely. Um, Matt, I want, to, I want you to ask you that same question, but I also want you to, to ask you to pray for us. We haven't even talked about your bus. I think we're going to show you a video after you pray for us so that we can... We can see what you're up to as well there. Um, but first, just um, give any advice you'd like to and pray uh, for us and for all who are watching and listening to this um, that we'd be equipped uh, and encouraged to do uh, do this work that God's called us to. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, quick, quick little, just follow up. I mean, what these guys are covering lots of stuff there. What I would add to that is just locate the calling uh, of God. Um, so it's not just your good idea, but actually it's, you know, like Moses had that burning bush experience when he was able to go to Pharaoh, he was able to go because he had the call of God upon his life. And when he felt inadequate and, and not able to do it, you know, God just says, you know, what have you got in your hand? Well, I've got a staff, you know, a staff in the, in the hands of God um, can become something supernatural. So, you know, don't look at what you haven't got. Um, look at what God has placed within you. Start with what you have got. Um, and, I, you know, I did get that whole sense as well of writing the vision down. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 is exactly as well. Write the vision down so that a herald may run with it. Um, though it though it linger, it wait it waits an appointed time. I think any vision of God will 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 has an appointed time. It might not be in your timing, but it will it will happen uh, in God's time. So, yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just bless you and I bless all of those that are tuned in to this broadcast right now. Mm. Father, I thank you that your Word declares that you have prepared good works for all of your people for your church. Uh, in this hour in advance for us to do father and i just pray that we would step forward from this moment with great confidence and boldness and courage god your church needs to be courageous in these days to to continue to advance the kingdom lord your your word says your kingdom is advancing and forceful uh, people lay hold of that kingdom father i pray thanking you that it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit that we move forward in you. So, Father, I just pray your blessing upon all those tuned in, um, Lord, that you would equip them uh, and enable them and empower them according to your spirit. 
um, to do the good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much to the three of you for joining me tonight. Um, I'm sure it's been so encouraging for everyone who's been listening and watching. Um, if you uh, haven't already looked at Church Unlocked, our uh, initiative, go to christianconcern.com forward slash church unlocked and you'll find out more of these. Uh, you'll find out information about more things coming up. We've got lots of other interesting topics to look at over the coming weeks. Um, so thank you again. Thanks very much for joining me. Um, as we as we go out, then I want to want to watch this this video about what Matt uh, has been doing with the bus. Uh, give us a ten second introduction, Matt, to this video. We were given a bus uh, four years ago. It's a, it's a 1977 bus. We've been doing it up, and we're going to take it out on the streets this summer uh, on an evangelistic mission. Let's watch the video. Back in 2017, our missional community was given this double-decker bus, which we've converted into a mobile community space using wood pallets and upcycled wetsuits. And I'm really pleased to say the project is nearly finished. And with your help, we could push this project over the line. We're looking to raise some money to help us uh, get a bus evangelist who's literally going to come and drive the project forward. Um, we have a vision to see Cornwall transformed with the hope and the message of Jesus. The vision and the mission is that this bus could be used to go into rural locations throughout Cornwall where people haven't got access to a church, where they're probably not going to step foot in a faith community. The heart and the mission and the vision is that we share the good news of Jesus with the people of Cornwall. And maybe you're a church leader, a ministry leader, and we want to make this place and space available for churches and ministry groups to use. Um, and I want to say to you, what could you use this space for? So get a vision, get a, a vision for your community. Um, if you'd like to know more about this exciting project, then please do get in touch um, with the numbers on the screen. And we would love to connect you uh, with the Sovereign Bus Project. Wow. Thanks very much. That's very exciting. Um, if you find out, um, you, I'm sure you can Google Matt Sims Grave House Church if you want to find out more about that. Um, thanks for all your encouragement. Um, Hello, Max. Can, can the bus come to Oxbridge? It does se seven miles to the gallon, mate. If you want to pay for the fuel, I'll drive it up. <laughs> no well, worries. God will provide, I'm sure. God will Amen. provide, I mean. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, yeah. And we'll see you next time on Church Unlocked.